We want to help people make a decision. It's their decision. We can't make anybody decide. We can't make it easy for them to choose an option. I really don't care if they choose to do business with me or if they, if they choose not to. The key is to help them decide. If they say yes, then that's great. We move forward. If they say no, thank you, then I know that I need to find a new prospect. I'm not going to lose this one. I'll try again at a later date somewhere down the road because, you know what? It's all about timing. But please, don't leave me hanging between yes and no. My name is Morris Sims, and I'm the host of the Business of Sales podcast, powered by Alego, the sales enablement platform for top sales organizations. So please, do go to Alego and schedule a demonstration. You'll find out exactly how Alego can help your organization soar. This podcast is a short form of the Business of Sales because, well, I believe you might want to hear a take on a principle or a concept that is going to directly impact your business. Guests are wonderful. I've learned so much from every show that I record, but you might be looking for something a little more short, sweet, and to the point. So we created the short form. So let's get after it, and we'll see where we'll see you again on the business of sales and the business of sales short form. All right, here we go. Before we go any further, we need to get on the same page about one major concept, okay? It goes like this. Neither you nor I can make anybody else do anything. We can't make them choose to buy our product. No matter how good we are, no matter how great salespeople and sales skills we use, you can't make anybody buy your product. I guess, you know, you could cons- co- you co- you coerce, that's the word I was looking for, you could coerce them with a deadly weapon or threaten their family, but that's not how professional sales works by any stretch of the imagination. Manipulation? Well, same thing. Not professional to lie, cheat, and steal, is it? It's not professional sales, and that's not what we're talking about. Okay, I just had to get that out of the way. What we can do is everything right. We can ask all the right questions. We can use all the right language and the right words that we have to to make it easy for them to say yes, and hopefully they'll choose to buy, but they still might not. They still might choose not to buy. By the same token, we can barely get through our discovery when the prospect says they're ready and they want to move forward by giving you a buying signal. Well, how much does this cost? Well, can I pay for it monthly? The answer is, would you like to pay for it monthly? (laughs) The key is the number of times you make recommendations. That is, the number of times that you ask someone to buy your product or service. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, you must ask them. They will not grab the pen out of your hand in order to sign on the dotted line. They're not going to shove their credit card into your pocket. (laughs) It's just not going to happen. Okay, with that foundation then, let's talk about the decision principle. Now, this one goes along with the easy principle that we've talked about. We need to make it easy for a prospect to decide. We can use all the ideas that we talked about in the easy principle. We ask them to choose. We don't make it overcomplicated. Confused prospects are not going to buy anything. Bottom line, I'll argue that one all the way till the cows come home. 
Confused prospects will not buy anything. We need to make it all just as simple and easy to understand as we possibly can. Now, the balancing act is to make sure that we do provide all the necessary information that the prospect needs to make an informed decision. Informed decision. That doesn't mean the prospect needs to know everything that you know. You are the expert, and you should know all the details. You know details that the prospect doesn't need to know to make an informed decision. If you're selling a car, your prospect needs to know a lot about the car. They don't need to know the tolerances for the piston rings and the cylinders or the number of small computer chips in the ignition system. Every product or service has some kind of a similar situation. You've studied and learned and you've experienced a lot of things that you need to know that the prospect doesn't need to know in order to make the best decision for them and their family. So focus on presenting the most important data and the information that the client needs to make an informed decision. All the information, not just the positive stuff, but some of the challenges as well, maybe. But they need to make an informed decision and choose the options that are going to be best for them and their family. Now, if you have a raging analytical, somebody that's just all into the numbers and they want to know the piston ring tolerances, then, hey, by all means, share that information with them. I have no desire to know that information, but please don't confuse me by trying to educate me on something that I have no desire to learn and it's not going to influence my decision. New salespeople or even experienced salespeople with a new product may easily go down that rabbit hole and when they do, the client gets confused or at the very least uncomfortable. They certainly become uncertain about what to do and they might even lose trust in you because you couldn't make it easy to understand and make it easy for them to make a decision. So here we go. Practical action step number one. Know how to present your product in a straightforward and complete way so that the prospect can understand. Your prospect isn't lacking in intelligence, but they are human, and we all become overwhelmed when presented with a fire hose full of insignificant facts, figures, and ideas. Hey, come on. <laughs> Keep it simple, sweetheart. Once you've presented your recommended options to a prospect, you ask them. Which option do you think is best for you and your family? Or which option do you think is best for your business? That is when you have one job, and it may be the most important process, important part of the process that there possibly is. Here's what you've got to do to help your prospect. When you ask them, which one do you think is best for you and your family, best for you and your business, here's what you do. Do not say another word until they tell you which one is best for them and their family. Hush! Shh! Hush! Quit talking! Don't talk anymore! Give them the opportunity to answer the question that you asked. Silence means that they're thinking. It doesn't mean that they're, they're trying to figure out how to say no. It just means they're thinking about what you asked them. It's not an opportunity or, or a request for you to start adding to your presentation. Give the prospect the respect and the opportunity to answer and ask any questions that they're going to have. But until they answer, until they respond, hush! <laughs> That's it. There you go.
Practical action number two. After you present your recommendation and you ask them to choose, your job is to hush and allow the prospect to answer the question. We said that already, right? Practical action number three. Ask the prospect to take action with your call to action phrase. Once they choose the option that's best for them, you have to call them to action. You have to ask for the sale. In order to start a plan like that, I need a little information. What's your social security number? That's a call to action. Once they give you that number and continue to give you the information you need, they have bought whatever it is you're selling. Or maybe you need a deposit. You know, Mr. Prospect, in order to lock in your room, we need to make sure that we get this set up and set up a refundable deposit of $200. Here's the call to action. Are you ready? Which credit card would you like to put that on? Once you ask the call to action, hush, and then let them decide. If you have a qualified prospect, you present the solution options that solve the prospect's problem. You lead them to the next logical step, and then you ask them to buy. That's the call to action. When I do that, I expect they're going to buy. When I ask them, which credit card do you want to put that on, I hush and let them answer. If they were sitting across from me, I'd have my eyes down on whatever piece of paper I was filling out and have a pen in my hand and be waiting for them to give me the number or to tell me what their social security number is or to give me whatever the piece of information is that I've asked for. That's it. You expect them to buy with what you say and with what you do. The contrary is also true. If you don't have a qualified prospect or if you confuse them with insignificant information and if you don't ask them to take action, I expect that they are not going to buy anything from you or anybody else in that situation. What if they have other questions that they want answered? What if they want to know a few more things before they'll be able to decide to buy? It's not that they, they, they don't want to buy. It's that they need a little more information. They're telling you they want to buy this product, but just please explain this to me first. Well, you know, what if they have other questions? That's, that's, that in and of itself is a marvelous question. And it's the topic of our next practical principle short form. So I'll see you again next week right here on the Business of Sales short form. And until then, hey, best wishes. Go make it a great week. I'm Morris Sims. <music>